Welcome back. We're back. Back in studio. The Rad Years Podcast. And uh, we are, yes, Squeezer mentions we are back in our studio because last week we were live at RetroCon 2017. What, what, were you, what are your thoughts on that, Squeeze? How did that turn out? Oh, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time there. I'm telling you, every, and I was talking to another friend of ours who went on Sunday and like to bet in New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con is fun. The first thing out of his mouth was, you know what? RetroCon is so much fun. And I, it really I've been is. saying that for years. Yeah. Uh, expelling the virtues of RetroCon. Yeah. Um, uh, Comic Con, when you walk in, you go, wow. Just because of the scale of it, the size, the crowd, you go, wow, look at this. RetroCon, you walk in the door and the first thing goes, holy shit, look at that. RetroCon and is I did like get that out of my system. It was so nice to and curse. The time. Space continuum and jumping into your childhood. Yeah, you walk in. You walk in the door. First, you pass uh, stormtroopers and the Bill and Ted phone booth, and then right there, spaceballs. Spaceballs display. display. It was just awesome. And then just stuff, just awesome shit out there. And I was worried we were going to start our show to playing to nobody, but a couple people showed up to begin with, and by the time the awesome uh, collection of Transformers, known as the Cybertronic Spree, joined us. We were I, like I, I kind of like blacked out until the end. Yeah. Well, once once they sat down and the, yeah, the crowd kept coming in. I was just talking to them, right? With, and then, w- w- then while I'm, still talking into the microphone, right? Um, <laughs> Unlike me. And then I, I kind of blacked out and looked at the house, and I was like, "Oh shit! Yeah, we're pretty full. Yeah, in a nice little uh, little house." And I did not curse. I you, wanted to say bastard, but I didn't. Yeah. You said hell and piss. Hell and piss. Yeah, but that's. I mean. Yeah, it's that's fine. Compared to compared to what we normally say. I was What I say, what the hell? It was like something like what the hell and like my parents were pissed or something about No, that. I said I, I haven't pissed on anything since. Because I pissed oh, on yeah, my period. Doll. So you're actually using it as right. a verb. Yeah. Yeah. That's a verb, right? Yes. But Look since at that. when is pissed bad? I, I mean it wouldn't run on like Nickelodeon. I think it would. Nowadays? Yeah. Well, maybe. All right. I think like ass makes it on Nickelodeon anymore. We can probably say shit too. I mean, legally you could. I think yeah, they'd frown cable, upon yeah. it. Um, there's a lot of frowning upon to be done in this episode. So, yeah, um, I closed the wrong mic when I did that. The people didn't have to know, but I let them know. Oh Mr. boy, Mr. Sniffles. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm always on this show with a cold. I, it's allergy season. I don't even know if it's a cold. It's just horrible allergies. Well, it's still August. Well, today actually, like the first day, it's been in the fifties yeah. since well, February. It, it, we had the, our first frost warning last night. Yeah. Uh, I had to go start the car up this morning, warm oh, it up for the little one. She, she, she had, had a hell of a time. Yeah. Uh, my poor wife Amanda was like pulling her hair out because uh, you have a like a almost a two year old in a stroller who didn't want to be in a stroller and walking up and down aisles with nothing but toys at eye level, and she doesn't know. She doesn't understand that this toy costs, not hers. is not hers and <laughs> no. costs $200. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Tran- Cybertronic Spree, Transformers are awesome to talk to. But holy shit, do they want a lot of money for one if you want to buy one? Oh, yeah. I could not. 
I found what was the name of the one the the fire truck the, my fire truck that I had it was um head start or something no well uh, well it's one of the headmasters headmasters siren was the police car had i'm trying to think uh what the fire truck was regardless it was in a a sandwich bag it was in a sandwich bag with a 75 buck uh uh some of them were like uh 200 bucks for a transformer and a ziploc baggie i'm like ah that looks and usually you yell at me it's like just buy it i i i appreciated you not pushing me into purchasing a uh making a spending a car payment on one transformer um but uh, it was such a great time i picked up some cool stuff me i was just digging through like the the bottom shelf like the dollar bin stuff looking for more propage for the set and i came across this fine fella who i spoke of last week in the show yeah i found for two dollars a marshall brave star did you see Um, ted brother's picture he post tagged us in I, i i i said that i i I mentioned on his post that, yes, uh, these were the most awesome action figures and nothing compared. This one, however, it didn't look so much as like the dog chewed on it. This came out the other end of the dog. Um, But uh, it's still pretty awesome and it'll look great on the set. He doesn't have any of his other features. Uh, His vest is gone. No no hat, no guns, no uh, backpack. But this still works. Wait. Oh, shit. I mean, you could have just pretended like it did because, you know, it they can't work. see it. Ah, there we go. Look at that. Was he jerking off some dude? <laughs> Actually, hang on, because that's, that's the best the articula. I'm pretty sure I did this as a kid. I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. That's that's hours <laughs> worth of entertainment right there. Oh, look what he can do. I can do this too, Mom. Uh, but, yeah, look at look at the fucking the wrist turn. The wrist turn. I mean, how awesome is that? Little ball joints. I I got some other I got some like Dick Tracy stuff. Um a Rocketeer, uh one of those Rocketeer uh what the hell do they call them? Like the rubber matey things. Um what was that? Bendums. Bendums, yeah, oh, thank you. Sorry you have to put up with my allergies. I, I, that mic was closed, but uh Captain I got a Captain Planet. He's and, a hero. And then some cool video game. Just stuff for the stuff for the set. Yeah. Yeah. The YouTube was, show that we're launching before yeah, 2018. Okay. We're going to beat our goals. Yes. It was a great time, though. Wonderful time. Thank you to Rose uh, and the organizers who are super great with us. Uh, thanks to the uh, Hot Rod, RC, and Rumble for joining us on the show and the entire Cybertronics yeah. Spree for rocking the fuck out. You guys seriously rock. And uh, I told them they got to come back on. And when we start the YouTube show... That's prime for them to Skype mm-hmm. in from Cybertron. Yeah. I'm sure they have Skype in Cybertron. I would think so. Yeah. As long as they have Wi-Fi. One of the I don't moons. know I don't know what the data rate would be from. Right. I'm yeah. I'm sure one of the moons is a repeater to get, you know. Mm-hmm. That's where the Autobots were living after. Isn't all. is there a transformer that's a satellite that we can ask to help us out? I'm sure there has. Right. Yeah, but what what the the ones that block the transmission on uh Autobot City. Uh so they're sending a transmission to the moon from Autobot City. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that same device can help us. You know, or we we could just have them record their message on a cassette and send it. To, That's true. You know, pop it out of uh, Hot Rod's chest. Uh, yeah, but then you have to buy one of those, and they were thirty five dollars. I saw what for one of the little cassette transformer. One, oh, one yeah. of like uh, um, 
Soundwave or something like that. They were just so... Ex- I wanted one, but I didn't. Well, we got... Before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of our to Halloween topic tonight, you have a little news. Oh, we, we got a little history piece. October 18th, 1988, this show landed. Can you not love Roseanne? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not the first time we played this song on the show. No. And I, I was debating whether or not to do it anyway, but I'm like, you know what? It's an excuse for me to put it on. And we're not going to go into depth because eventually I want to, you know, we'll do a whole show. When we'll we run out of Roseanne. ideas, we're going to have I'm, to dedicate whole shows. I'm to thinking uh, an episode might pop up next week, a next week's show, because oh. they, they did one starting the second season on. They did a Halloween special. Well, next week's show is Q&A. The following week's show is Halloween's TV special. Oh, okay. Unless we don't get enough Q&As, then we'll flip them. Gotcha. And wait for another. That works. Uh, yeah, so get your uh, questions in. Yeah, oh yeah. That's a that good reminder, Ryan. <laughs> uh, send us your questions, uh, Halloween questions, about uh, costumes from the past, candy from the past, Halloween specials, TV, movies, anything scary in general. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple good ones already that mm-hmm. we are going to answer. So we're going to take like maybe 10, 15 questions and we're each going to give our... Should I just be a dick and burn all four an- all the no, answers real quick? No, no. Just, I okay. will stab you if you do that. All right. Yes. So uh, let's get into our topics. We're right. talking horror movies. Horror movies. So This um, has been an off-requested topic yes. so, since we started. Uh, do we do the disclaimer? Uh, warning: The following podcast may contain descriptions of violent nature and oh, I was—I thought and, you were going to do the spoiler war. I'm not trying to spoil the movies, but look, if you haven't seen any of these, uh, let me. Yeah, okay. So you've had at least. Where's my? There, there might listen. Disclaimer: There might be a few. I'm not going to try to spoil the end of all these, but there might be a few spoilers in here. I'm just looking at the. So at most, you've had. That was 80-something. You've had 31 years to see and at least any of these movies on my list, so it, it's not on me if you haven't seen them. So, But spoilers. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, and we're going to get gruesome, and I'm going to be way too jolly talking about gore. Okay. So just be aware of that. All right. Well, I might, be, I might, have, I might write a letter to the Radio's people about this. All right. Let's start with my pick and calm you down a bit. It's 1987. Do you know where Freddy is? There's no waking up from this nightmare. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 3, Dream Warrior. First Friday, February 27th at a theater near you. Consult local listings. <laughs> so it's Friday. <laughs> that commercial really didn't explain shit. February 27th. That's yeah. a weird time to release. Uh... Freddie was hot. Hot property. And Wes Craven was back for this one. He did not come back for the second one because he didn't believe Nightmare on Elm Street was uh, had sequel or franchise capabilities. <sighs> yeah, he was wrong. He rode that thing straight to my next pick. Huh. Um, but... Uh, 
I this what this I, I was wondering. We we're we we're talking about horror movies, Squeezer. Mm-hmm. We we're talking about what we we're going to pick. Yes. And I was like, oh, my mom loved the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and my mom made me suffer through a lot of fucking uh, horror movies as a kid and traumatized me in ways she just will never know, and maybe I should see a therapist about. But I was like, oh, well, then I want to do Dream Warriors, and Enchantress asked why, and you didn't really ask why, but no, but I was asking myself why, and then we watched it the other, rewatched it the other night, and I realized why I wanted to do Dream Warriors. It's like not scary. <laughs> it's fun. It's not. It's it's a group of. Uh, you know the story. Have you seen it? I I I'm sure I have. I just don't remember. I mean, there's so many of them. I don't remember which ones I saw and which ones well, I didn't. This one it's always stood so out long. for me for two scenes. Uh, that that really well, actually three, kind of three scenes. I'll I'll put the third one in there. But it's it's basically it's Patricia Arquette's uh, film debut, and she plays this girl, Kristen, or. Yeah, I think it's Kristen or Kirsten, uh, who is, it starts off the movie. She's having uh, Freddy nightmares, and she's having them over and over. And uh, she's she wakes up, and she slit her wrist with a razor blade. It was actually in the dream, Freddy's claws. And her mom puts her in a mental institution uh, with, with uh, all these other kids who are having uh, dream pattern, uh, nightmare pattern behavior. And uh, the doctor and the, the, the two doctors are talking about bringing in some hotshot intern named Nancy Thompson, who's got experimental methods. If you remember, Nancy is the girl from the first, from the first movie whose dad was instrumental in killing Freddy Krueger, uh, the child rapist, child murderer, whatever the fuck he was. Both. Yeah. So they uh, in this movie, she is now here. Uh, Heather Langenkamp reprising her role as Nancy Thompson here to help these kids um, uh, get through this. With she's got some drug that uh, induces dreamless sleep that she's trying to experiment them on, but eventually she gets the one guy on board, the head doctor, and they start doing like hypnotist me- methods because they realized. Uh, uh, <laughs> Getting lost thinking about the the dick snake <laughs> scene. So <laughs> there's a scene where uh, Kristen is is being devoured by a uh, Freddy Krueger snake that looks like a giant wiener. Mm-hmm. You know, got a big fat purple head and covered in slime. It's, and she's sticking out of it. And she like calls for Nancy in her dream, and Nancy like falls into her dream and helps her escape. Uh, and she's like, oh, "You have a gift." She's like, my dad had the gift. And uh, yes, yeah, so her dad, her dad had the gift apparently that could transfer you into, into dreams. And then they're like, well, the only way, somehow the doctor's getting messages from this nun that the only way they could stop Freddy is giving him a proper burial. So they go to visit Nancy's dad, who was one of the ones that kill him. They go to find the remains. Meanwhile, all these little bastards are in the psychiatric home, the dream warriors, so to speak. And uh, they're, you know, they're being tortured by by Freddy. And the one really cool scene is uh, the sleepwalker. He, everyone thinks he's sleepwalking, but in his nightmare, like Freddy, like rips his slashes him open and rips his veins out. And he's like, uh, like a marionette, marionetting him to like jump out a window as he's sleepwalking. And they're like, that wasn't his sleepwalking. That was something else. Uh, and then there's this other really cool scene. Uh, that I really much appreciated as a kid because, you know, 
you rarely get to see these scenes, but my mom liked horror movies, so we get to see this. The hot nurse in the movie gets naked, full naked. Uh, no, she's in a white thong, and then she gets on top of Joey, who's the mute in the movie, and uh, she turns into Freddy. And then you're like, okay, it's something you're, you're going to have to yeah. live with the rest of your life. So, uh, did you little little Ryan, little Vancouver maneuver in your <laughs> fruit of looms? Yeah, you're really not sure. You're you're in your Batman underoos, and you're not sure what's going on down there. But uh, you're really into this scene. You know that. And then all of a sudden, he turns into Freddy, and it's all ruined. So she turns into Freddy. So then Joey gets locked in the dream world, and they have to. They realize they have to go in and save him. So there's a whole sequence of you know them getting in, and then uh, the the doctor finally burying and and putting uh, holy water on. He's a non-believer. He keeps saying, "What do you, Dad, What do you believe in?" He says, "Science." You know, like me, I see myself as this character in the movie. But of you know, Freddie killing a couple of fucking asshole kids wouldn't get me to convert. <laughs> so the movie ends with this wonderful piece of music history uh, by the band Dawkin. Is it up? Yep. It's supposed to be playing. Nope. Oh, there it goes. Do you know this one? The Dream Warriors by Dawkins? Yeah, I remember this. This, this song sold the movie alone. There was... Uh, uh, this movie actually did really well. And um, it brought Wes Craven back uh, to the fold of, of Freddy. And the whole idea for the mental health facility treating the Dream Warriors... Was uh, inspired by real life establishments that were like at the time there was a movement for such places, and they even advertised on TV at the time, like you know for kid troubled send your troubled child to us, and eventually like lawsuits came from these places. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You were remember they, them? Were they like for profit? Yeah, those for like, profit. Oh, like geez. remember that one up in Scranton that the judge just kept sending people to? He was getting kickbacks from. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's just. Was... All right, get ready to push it for him. Here we go. Right. Cutting out and push it. Hold on, not yet, not yet. Hold on. There it comes. And push it. Nope, 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 not yet. There it comes. Don't want to dream no more. Uh, that's fun. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, it's this is a this is a fun. It's not that long. It's like 90 minutes, like what a horror movie should, should mm-hmm. be. You, uh, it, it's not like a lot of pointless scenes. It, there's there's you know scare oh. after scare after scare. It starts right off the bat, comes in hot. Something about my list, like I, yeah, that, people are gonna like be like, really, that's what you picked. But at the time, yeah, these the, some of these were traumatizing me. If, if I saw like I was terrified of any Freddy. I did have nightmares based off of all these movies because it, it's a well-established fact on this show that uh, I'm a pussy. <laughs> You're a scaredy pants. I am a scaredy pants is that I believe the medical medical right. term. But um, yeah, Dawkins and Dream Warriors. That's uh, you can find that the official Friday the 13th single on record for that song. If you gift ideas, <laughs> wink wink. <clears throat> All right, 
I've right. rambled enough. So you got you have one big Halloween. If we'd say there's the trifecta, the triumvirate of Halloween murderous maniacs. Are we talking uh, Freddy, Michael Myers, and Jason Voorhees? Jason Voorhees. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's still playing. <laughs> Give me a second to put Dawkins into bed. Okay. And Jason Voorhees. Jason is back. Three times before, you have felt the terror, known the madness, lived the horror. But this is the one you've been screaming for. Because Friday, April 13th, will be Jason's unlucky day. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, rated R. Oh, this was the final chapter? The final chapter, yeah. Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. The fourth and final film in the... Oh, no. no. <laughs> it was supposed to be. Right. It was supposed to be. They felt like they were going to go out on top and they were kind of tired of it. They didn't see there being any future in pushing this character anymore. And since then, they've made 37 more. Uh, yeah, April 13th, 84. Was um, this disco, Jason? Disco, no. No, this was... Um, no, with that song. Never mind. Go on. Um, so Jason is dead. The movie opens with Jason being dead. The police are at the barn where he's killed at the end of the third one. Um, and they take his body to the morgue. And just so happens to be the morgue is run by two young, horny 20-somethings. And they start making out uh, next to Jason's body. The girl gets, the nurse gets creeped out and runs away. And then the guy puts Jason's body in the icebox. Next thing you know, uh, this kid has the morgue tech, gets his head lopped off with a hacksaw. And the uh, girl gets a vivisection from a uh, scalpel via uh, Jason. We don't know what happened, how he was resurrected, how he got out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. There is now a dead Jason Voorhees on the prowl, uh, hockey mask and all, finally. This movie starts with him with the mask. He finally got it in the third movie. Um, we are also introduced to a young Corey Feldman who has a starring role in this film, and he is our heroine, I mean hero. Um, and he likes to make movie masks and stuff. That It's a big thing. Like, he's really talented, Tom Sorvini talented, obviously, because Tom Sorvini did the did all the makeup and effects for this. Um, this movie made uh, made thirty three million while it was out. Not bad. Um, there's another movie recently that only made thirty three million out in theaters. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be bitter about this. It wasn't it? <sighs> it wasn't it. Um, this was a really atmospheric movie, right? Um, yeah, this was... I, I remember this, this might be... I like 3 because it's so gimmicky with the 3D. The 3D. But this might be the best of the four. Yeah, of, well, it's a, yeah, the best of the original four and the best out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, it, this is considered that. And at the same time, I was at times bored out of my mind. And I think it just has a lot to do with, over the years, what Jason has become. And, like, the, the campiness and over well, the time. Same like, with Freddy. yeah. Like, Freddie made an appearance. Jason and Freddie made appearance on talk shows. Jason was on fucking Arsenio. Yeah. Um, but uh, all the deaths in this are kind of, I don't want to say basic, but they're almost realistic. You know, and a lot of it is like some a knife going through something. So there's the hacksaw. 
the scalpel. Um, then there's the girl hitchhiking on the side of the road, eating the banana. And for no reason, like she's sitting next to like his mom's grave just so happened to be, that's where she's at. And he comes through after getting out of the hospital or out of the morgue and there's this girl hitchhiking, just eating a banana. And next thing you know, she just gets a knife through the throat and just comes out the back. So <laughs> shouldn't eat bananas. I'm thinking that it was What's the body count in this. Uh, I want to say it's 12 or 13. Hang on. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Yep. 12. 13 if you include Jason. Oh, spoilers. He dies at the end. Um, I think he dies at the end of all of them. I <laughs> yes. Um, Except uh, the first one, obviously. He dies in the beginning of that one. Uh, what was it? Then there's the cool ones. Uh, Why did yeah, you let Jason true. drown? <laughs> uh, there's some cool deaths. The girl, oh, of course, there's... Uh, uh, your nudity, of course, you have mm-hmm. to have that. So, you know, it's 84. It's 84. Well, first you have your skinny dipping scene because uh-huh. there had to be a random skinny dipping scene for no reason whatsoever. Um, but then uh, the girl's going to take her clothes off and run out into the lake in the middle That's of the night. That's what the 80s were all about. Yeah. Comedies and horror movies were rated R and had nudity. Yes. Uh, so she's laying in the boat floating out there in a raft and next thing you know she gets a knife right up through the bottom of the boat and through the belly right yeah yeah her boyfriend or the guy she's Ugh. gonna hook up with he swims out finds her there floating dead in the boat freaks out swims back in as he's climbing up the dock he takes a harpoon to the groin yeah and that that's a that's one of the cool ones uh, what else? Go. uh then one of the other twins she gets speared to a wall uh crispin glover who is in this movie uh, pre Back to the Future, he takes a corkscrew through the hand to pin him to the countertop and then a meat cleaver to the skull. Uh. Um, one of the other girls is just thrown through a window onto a car. That's kind of lame. Um, the other guy that's been just watching um, old nudie movies on like on reel to reel the entire time doing nothing uh, is just standing next to the movie screen. A knife comes through the screen and gets him. Uh, oh, then the one guy, he's in the shower after doing the one girl, and he gets his skull crushed uh, against the uh, against scene. That's one real horrifying part is because it then reverses, and you just see Jason, and it's like a POV of him, like, crushing the skull. Mm-hmm. And it's very Friday. Now it's like that image of Jason that you remember with the hockey mask and all. Um, with, like, supernatural strength. Yeah. Then we get an axe through the door. And then um, the guy that is intended was actually chasing after Jason to revenge the death of his sister. He gets beaten to death um, quite brutally. Uh, And then eventually uh, Corey Feldman and his sister, uh, they defeat Jason. Uh, He, Corey Feldman realizes who it is, that it's Jason Voorhees and this kid's a makeup artist. So while Jason is slowly methodically tracking this kid's sister down in the house, this kid does like a 30 second makeup job and does himself up like Jason, like being all deformed and stuff. Oh yeah. You and could he, do he, that in 30 seconds. Yeah, like in no time. And he's like, Jason, it's me, Jason. And Jason's all kind of freaked out. Sister takes uh, how did, Oh, she does. She hammer him in the neck. And then, then there's the machete to the head, but then it ends with, uh, um, uh, Jason kind of twitches a little bit, freaks Corey Feldman out, and he just starts hacking him to bits and pieces. Meanwhile, the sister's freaking out. It's like, dude, you're really getting weird on this. 
and as he's like little, so you have like this kid dressed up as Jason Voorhees, hacking up Jason Voorhees, almost taking pleasure in it. And yeah, it ends then with a classic 1980s freeze frame of Corey Feldman being deformed kid Jason Voorhees staring into the camera. It's pretty creepy. I, honestly, I started getting bored because for like 40 minutes, nothing is happening. Like these kids are just partying. I get it. The, they're, these kids are, you know, over-sexualized monsters yeah. and you're pissing off Jason. Um, but let's get to it. Let's kill someone, please. Um, yeah, and then the, just the way Jason moves too towards the end, it's almost like it was like he's like a Game of Thrones character. He just goes from one place to the other like instantly. Oh, he's in the lake. Oh, now he's on the second floor. Oh, now he's oh. in the basement. You know, it's like a like like a season seven Jason. <laughs> uh, you're still bitter. Uh, still bitter. Quest- um, and oh, it, but and, uh, but uh, I guess he actually threatened to quit. Um, Ted White, the guy that played Jason. So what? You got another? Well, because the the director though, this uh, Joseph Zito was sh- so shitty to the actors. Yeah. Like, they were getting hurt on set. The girl in the lake was, like, submerged the entire, like, in freezing water. She was getting hypothermic. So, yeah, it wasn't a very good, a very good working conditions. Just miserable. Okay, a couple questions mm-hmm. about scenes in the movies. Yes. It, the people who had sex, did they survive? No. The people who drank and did drugs, did they survive? No. The people who said, I'll be right back, did they survive? Mm, nope. Was everyone a suspect? <laughs> These are the rules from this <laughs> movie. We all go a little mad sometimes. In a small town, someone is playing a deadly game. Someone there? Now, everyone is a suspect. The killer's still out there. How do we know you're not the killer? And everyone is a target. What do you want? Motives are incidental. This isn't a movie. This is life. Scared, are you? Scream, the new thriller from West Craven, rated R. The movie Scream, Squeezer. I'm sure you saw this, right? Oh, yeah. Everyone saw this. This movie, and to me, is the definitive Halloween like, like feeling movie. It's like set in like the fall, high school. Everyone's like scared. They're having parties. It's a real like this came out in '96, so I was like just starting like high school. So to me, it was a really cool, like, and the soundtrack was awesome. Mm-hmm. I remember getting the actual CD soundtrack. Uh, it was it was a movie about a couple killers who used uh, phone calls, and it was probably the first meta horror movie ever. And when I say meta, that means that they recognize that they're in a horror movie, but not like first person to the camera recognize. But Randy, who works at the video store, gives those rules. If you have sex, you die. If you drink and do drugs, you die. If you say, I'll be right back, you die. Rule number four is everyone's a suspect. Killer adds two rules. You will also die if you ask who's there, and you will not survive if you go to investigate a strange noise. That's usually a given. Mm -hmm. This movie starts off with Drew Barrymore, who is just like becoming kind of the it girl in Hollywood again. And I guess, you know, she talked to uh, a certain man with, who shall not be named, who's 
a horrible, horrible past is coming out in Hollywood right now. And hopefully all they did was talk about getting a being the star of a horror movie. And Scream was the script that Kevin Williamson, who's known for writing like teen stuff like Dawson and everything, wrote wrote this movie and it was really really teen centric. So he gave it to Drew Barrymore and she's like, No, I want to be the girl in the beginning who gets killed right away. And Harvey Weinstein then, uh, whose brother produces Bob Weinstein, got made this happen. And that's how the movie starts. Do you like scary movies? And uh, it caused a lot of people to start using caller ID. Uh, no, uh, like a caller ID, like usage went up tenfold. I don't even know that it went up a lot. I don't know how. Do, much. do, you, do you think as a re- just a result of the idea of it, or people started mimicking it, and then people had to get caller ID because of that? I just think people were like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> but everyone wanted that ghost face mask too. From uh, oh, it was everywhere. I had it. Oh well, why not? Uh, he go, uh, Wes Craven. He directed this. His return mm-hmm. back to 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 the horror king of, of Hollywood. And it's, uh, it's about uh, a girl, Sydney Prescott, whose mom was uh, murdered a year prior. And now they think the killers are back and they're stalking her and her high school friends. And uh, there's a lot of like really cool scenes of um you know parties and people you know getting killed by the ghost and like uh close calls with sydney and a lot of people are suspects and everyone's pointing fingers and you think it's her boyfriend billy but you don't know and he gets exhumed and they have a party and turns out it is him (laughs) and his crazy friend and uh i guess they did it because I don't know why Stu did it. His motive was kind of unclear, but Billy's because Sydney's mom broke up his parents' marriage. Pretty boy had a lot of issues. Now there was Scream 2 and 3 and I think 4 and a series on MTV, but none of them were can match the magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, but it spawned a uh, parody a scary movie too. And Deputy Dewey, David Arquette, and uh, Courtney Cox as the the news lady. They they started. They got married because of this movie. Who are not brother and sister? <laughs> Just learned, learned that. On, you learn all kinds of on things on the this show. podcast that they are not brother and sister, and in fact, married. Uh so yeah, this was Scream. This this movie. There was so much cool stuff about it. Uh, Is it, it still scary? I don't think it was ever really scary. It was okay. kind of scary, but it was never. I, I like this was a horror movie when I didn't really watch any horror movies that I would watch mm-hmm. over and over and over again because it was just a really cool movie and everyone was like like really into this movie and um, and the soundtrack. So there was, and you know, hot hot girls for the time, mm-hmm. uh, hot guys for the time, you know. Whatever you're Whatever into. Whatever you're into. And uh, the geek, the the Jamie Kennedy, Randy uh, character who's at the video oh, store. Right. He makes the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it was really, it really. Uh, it, it was a, it, like cross platforms. It was a cultural phenomenon. It was a. Yeah, it, just like it was kind of this past September. Mm-hmm. It crossed over, as they say. 
uh, Scream crossed over and made the, the studio a lot of money. And um, yeah, so that's that was my second pick. And uh, now on to your second pick. Doesn't matter where they come from. They were wearing really funny clothes. Like they was from Los Angeles. What they look like. We gave it a price. How they play the game. When you've got critters, you need all the help you can get. Gee, they supposed to be just a very terminator. Critters, they bite every PG-13. All right. Critters. So, yeah. Creature so, feature. Yeah. Um, so we had to pick horror movies. So in advance, I'm like, oh, I'm going to think back to all the movies that scared the hell out of me as a kid. Uh, and Friday the 13th, part four was one of them. Terrified of it. Uh, Critters, absolutely mortified of, even though I don't know why. Maybe it's because I had so many little stuffed animals. It's a little squeezer. Um, or that we were like watching at my friend's dark basement. All I know is this movie scared the hell out of me. And watching them both in preparation for this, I almost feel like I needed to redo my list as I'm starting to get through. I'm like, oh, we picked horror movies. I, I don't understand how I was so goddamn scared at this film. Yeah, I, I kind of got that from all, rewatching all of these. Yeah. Uh, there's, I have one on my list that still scares the living hell out of me. Um, but the, the and rest it's not of even them, a horror movie, technically. Uh, technically, yeah. Um, so, yeah, 88. They made 86. I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, They made Critters for $2 million and it made like 13, which do the math, that's like times six and a half. That's the beauty of the horror genre. Yeah. I mean, even let's look, we've been talking it this whole time. It came out in September on a 30 million budget and has made over 300 million. Yeah. It's 10 times its budget. Yes. That's what these horror movies, it's why they Mm -hmm. always survive because. Yeah. They could be done on the cheap, and they always people always are looking for a thrill. Yeah. Um, so this movie, this was the first in a string of hits for uh, director Stephen Herrick, because he did Critters. Then he gets Bill and Ted. Then he gets Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Then he gets Mighty Ducks. And then, what the hell, I can't read my own handwriting again. <laughs> There's something else in there. Uh, and then Mr., he does Mr. Holland's Opus. He which was huge. Live 101 Dalmatians. And then, yes, 101 Dalmatians. So this guy was pretty... The Critters... Like, musketeers? Yeah, that's what it says, Musketeers. Um, yeah, so Critters, for it just goes to show... Yeah, holy you don't, Man. Yeah holy, yeah, holy Man was after 101 Dalmatians. Um, so it's a movie about... So there are these uh, interstellar... I would guess you could say... Uh, homicidal, murderous critters, fuzzballs, um, the Krites. And they are, uh, who would you, like, Sonic the Hedgehog um, on a really bad day. And they have... He let the, himself go. They let themselves they're go. They're a little yeah. chubby. Um, yeah. They're not nearly as fast, but somehow they could still catch you. But they have these quills that do tranquilize you, and eventually they'll consume you. Um, and they're also, like really kind of dumb and grossly incompetent, but can also fly and maintain an intergalactic spaceship. Mm. And it's not even a movie about the critters. It's about the bounty hunters that get sent after them as well, causing havoc. The body count is extremely low in this. I think it was only two deaths that I recall, not including the cow. Um, and like, they're even like off screen. Like you see them, they eat the sheriff 
who shows up and like you just see him getting pulled under his car as they're consuming him. And then the boyfriend of the girl who, as they're doing it in the barn, again, don't be a small town sheriff and don't do it in a barn. Uh, and this thing latches or it jumps at him. And then as it's trying to eat him, rather than try to stop it, the kid just holds onto it as it's eating him, obviously. Uh, it's not as bad as, say, uh, a movie Hobgoblins. Do you ever see that? Yeah. It was a mystery science theater thing yeah. where it's so obvious that they're just holding this thing and yeah. pretending it's eating uh-huh. them, which is pretty much what you're doing on Critters too. Yeah. Um, this it, Critters gets a lot of flack for being a ripoff of Gremlins because it came out after Gremlins, but the script and the movie was in development before Gremlins hit. And they actually went back and made a shit ton of changes. But Gremlins is way better than that. Oh, absolutely. By far. (laughs) Gremlins is fantastic. Uh, But they went back and made changes to Critters so it would be less like Gremlins. Oh. Um, So they just had the... So less good. Yeah, yeah. Less good. (laughs) Um, Oh, shit. They just made a good movie with creatures. Yeah. Shit. We got to make ours bad. Yeah. And it was already... do it. Yeah. And already, like, we don't... The Critters don't compare to Gremlins. I mean, and you got Gizmo. He's adorable. Yeah. and what I don't think you realize is like they sent these intergalactic bounty hunters on with like cannons, basically like Terminators that can shapeshift, um, which that's actually the creepiest scene in the whole movie is when they're like making their heads, like pouring the mold in the eyes and stuff. Um, but you don't need that. All you need is either like a golf club or a lacrosse st- or like a, a field hockey stick and you can pretty much battle the critters. You know, um, and they're kind of dicks too. So like the end, they escape in their spaceship and they're flying away. And what do they do? They, for no reason, just blow up the people's house and they kind of laugh about it too. Like, like they do. And then as in every great eighties horror movie, how do you destroy the evil? Well, you take out a spaceship with a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. I mean, I I learned from the eighties, you could destroy many things with a a really poorly made one too. Yeah, right. Uh, And this was, this was your big uh, um, Chekhov's gun here too, because he had the alcoholic, you know, always walking around with his bottle and hey, just so happened to have a whiskey bottle with him at that time. So you quick throw it in the uh, alien ship and it (coughs) starts on fire and blows up because they're too busy laughing at blowing up to people's houses. But then it ends, spoilers, with you have the eggs uh, ready to hatch, so they already set themselves up for the sequel. It's gotta like set they, yourself up for you, the sequel. You got to, because even if you don't, eh. um, but yeah, uh, one of those critters was one of those movies where yeah, it terrified me as a kid. But and looking back on it, I'm like, oh, it was just kind of fun, and it was. It's not, it's not horrendous, horrendous. It's not. I mean, it's not going to be on the AFI top 100 list at any time. Mm-hmm. And the, it really, it does. The problem with it is it has its big brother was, came out first and just murdered. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Um, but yeah, it's a lot to live up to. Yeah. So safe to move on? Yeah. This one. Ugh. Thanks for asking. Where do they come from? Why are they here? Why clowns? You'll laugh your head off. Killer 
from outer space. It's crazy. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, May 20th at a theater near you. Lack of sleep last night. Watching horror movies. <laughs> Counting down after you say it's hot. <laughs> Uh, this movie, scare, I, I saw it for the first time when it came out on pay-per-view. We, were, we, we had two channels called Request. Request 1 would play a different movie at each slot. So like, if there's maybe 10 slots in a day, a 24-hour day, play 10 different movies. Request 2, each day would play the same movie in each slot. So if there's 10 slots, it would be that same movie over and over and over and over. So... We watched this movie a handful of times on, on request pay-per-view because my mom loved it, and it terrified the shit out of me. I had nightmares that these killer clowns were going to come down the street and kill us all, and I really never revisited this movie until just this past weekend, and it's not as scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could tell they meant it, meant it to be kind of silly. Like Campy. It's very campy, okay. very silly. There's some good scares in it, uh, there's a scene where the, and there's a lot of great foreshadowing that the, the angry uh, old cop who's jaded and hates everyone in the town and refuses to believe something's happening, refu- refuses to believe these clowns. He says early in the movie, you're not going to make a dummy out of me. What do you think the clown turns him into? Ooh. Yeah, dummy. He's got his head on his hand up his brain and he's talking with him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's the cold cotton candy cocoon scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really goofy. There's a scene where the little clown rides his tricycle up to the biker bar and gets off, and uh, the the biker's like, oh, could I ride your tricycle? And he's like, meh, meh. And he goes, well, could I honk your horn? He goes, meh. And instead he takes it, and he just, like, stomps the shit out of the bike. He's like, get your little bike out of here. So the clown disappears, and he comes back down with, like, boxing gloves on. He's like, meh, meh, meh. I guess saying, put up your dukes. She's like, oh, you want to fight me? He goes, are you going to knock my block off? And then he punches them in the guy's head and flies straight <laughs> off. And all the bikers run, and he, like, celebrates. Uh, yeah, it's... There's some really funny scares in it. That, that But, like, I, the cotton candy cocoons, that's where they, they trap people in. Mm-hmm. And you're dead. You're, yeah. And they drink your cotton candy I think that's juices. what kind of freaked me out. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. it did. It took a and circus. Just, and, and then just the tent. Yeah, the tent was creepy. Just the image of it kind of creeped me out. And uh, the clown Zilla. Oh, (laughs) there's a scene at the end where after they kidnap the the main girl um, in the balloon and they're they're being chased, which I don't know why the clowns are running. They have the power to kill these humans, but there's a chase scene. They're getting back to their headquarters. And they get back and there's a police guard outside. He's like, you guys can't be here. And like all the clowns, this tiny little car, all the killer clowns get out of it. Like it's a clown car joke, mm-hmm. and they throw pies at him, and the officer melts from the pies. So then, at the end, of course, there's a giant clown, Clownzilla, and uh, the cop hero has to kill him at the end. And then you're really not sure who the girl's with at the end, the guy she was with at the beginning, or her ex who was the cop, because like nothing was ever said. But the cop's now rubbing her shoulders and kissing her head, and then they all get doused in pies, and it. Ends on a freeze shot. Now, were those pies the kind that melts you, or were they some other kind Just, of pie? Because nothing happens. You're saying that the script supervisor wasn't necessarily on top of things at that point. The, I'm saying I don't think there was a script okay. supervisor. That, that's a running theme in a lot of, oh, wait till my next movie, dude. So, like, I, watching this movie, I realized, like, okay, I'm going to recommend this because it's campy, it's funny. 
there's some good scares that will have you holding on to your girlfriend's arm with your face buried into it. Not that I did that. And then there's just some outright silly, ridiculous stuff. And there's some stuff that'll make you laugh when the clowns are just trying all the beauty products and the the, the um, drugstore is pretty funny. Uh, and then there's a scene where the one clown is like trying to lure the little girl away from her parents at the the clown burger store or restaurant, and she gets up and she's going and walking towards him, and he's got a giant mallet behind his back, and but the mom pulls her away right behind, and he's like. Mm. <laughs> So that like they did put some. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. they've been working towards a sequel for this forever. It just never got off the ground. Now's the time. Yeah, now's the time. So yeah, that's Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and uh, you now have my permission to move on to your next pick. This movie scared the hell out of me twenty some years ago. In the world of Stephen King, nothing is ordinary. No one is innocent. <laughs> There is no escape from the nightmare in the corn. <laughs> Stephen King's Children of the Corn. From the author of Carrie, The Shining, The Dead Zone, and Christine. An adult nightmare. Stephen King's Children of the Corn. It doesn't help that our entire town, where we live, is surrounded by cornfields. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of creepy after watching it last night and then just kind of looking out the window. Driving to work, you drive, drive past. Oh, my God, that's all I see. Um, yeah, I, I was, you never know when I'm going to run over some kid with his throat cut in the middle of the road <laughs> and then just throw him in the trunk of my car and forget that he's there for the rest of the movie. Um, no one pick up on the smell at any point. Maybe, The best know. is the movie ends and they just walk away and like, wait, there's a, still a dead kid in your trunk of your car. Uh, Linda, Miss Hamilton, you know, but yeah, we just, we'll just leave it here. Oh, by the way, our, our fingerprints are all over the damn thing. And eventually someone's going to come and find this car, but don't worry. I'm a doctor in Seattle. No one will know that. Think that I cut this kid's throat, ran him over the car and stuffed him in the trunk. Did you, do you know it's still in there? Could it have been an off camera scene where they might've ditched the kid's body? And no, they just forget they get sidetracked and like oh here's us let's because the whole time we're looking for someone to say hey we found this dead kid that we ran over um and that's when they end up in uh, gatlin and then they start getting chased by kids i i think there's more more tension to me in the scenes with the kids in the corn like during the ceremony um when isaac who is the leader of you know, the town, the kid that he's giving his sermons and stuff and the interaction between him and Malachi. And just to me, those moments and like the tension with the mechanic and stuff, those are still kind of weird and eerie and creepy to me when they're the whole actual like kind of slasher-ish part where they're chasing Peter Horton and Linda, Linda Hamilton around. To me, that's like almost like I almost didn't even want to see that. Like that didn't scare me at all. Seeing her, that the scene where she's like about to be crucified is still kind of scary. And I'll tell you what, this movie actually looks good um, for the most part. Uh, there is a lot of like a lot of errors and stuff as far as we talk about script supervision. When they, the kid in the road in between like wide shots and close-ups, the body's flipping up and down back and forth different ways. Um but I think a lot it had to do was most of this takes place during the day. That's the weird thing about this is a horror movie. The bulk of the film takes place in daylight. 
you know, in wide open shots. So you get more light coming in the camera. Just the image itself just, it looked really good, I thought. Uh, and then eventually at night, so a lot of it, like a lot of Stephen King books, it, it leads up to an eventually, yes, there is a demon. You know, you can't just have it. I don't know. I don't want to, the guy's the master of horror, you know, so I don't want to be that guy. But I would almost rather have had it just end with some weird uh, psychological, like, you know, it doesn't have to be a possession. It would have been scarier if it could just be this <clears throat> happened in this town the way, you know, it happens, you know, uh, mass hysteria kind of thing and the kids take over. Dogs and cats living yeah. together. <laughs> mass hysteria. Um, but yeah, there's a demon in the cornfield. And the reason why the blue man, the cop was crucified is he came in there and tried to burn all the corn. That was going to be his way. So eventually, um, Peter Horton, after Linda Hamilton runs and hides, because oh, what a barker's gonna have my head. No, <laughs> she's uh, Linda Hamilton. Uh, it's not T two yet. She's still helpless and just running around, um, and has to hide with the children so the man can go save the day. Uh, so Peter Horton runs out and then uh, hooks up the hose with all of the ethanol that the kids are manufacturing up to the sprinkler system, sprays the cornfield with ethanol, and then throws a Molotov cocktail into the cornfield. Which, so they're all in it for that sweet ethanol game? The, I think, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I don't think there it was. I, well, at least the demon was. Yeah. He was trying to get in. He's the reason that you got that 10% crap in your gas right now. Right. Uh, and then the kid has to run, and then uh, Job has to run back and get it because Peter Horton can't, or... Uh, he can't throw a Molotov cocktail, right? So kid like runs up, grabs it, and brings it back to him. He's like, do it again. Okay. I guess you guys just need to tack on an extra 20 seconds to the movie or something like that. And then uh, he throws up, burns the cornfield. There's some really, 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 really bad special effects of this uh, demon getting sucked up into the sky. I mean, they made this movie for under $800,000. So you got to give him some, you know, a little room to work with. And, like, there's a scene, too, when they crucify Isaac and it consumes him. It's not scary at all because it looks so bad. Yeah. Like, the, the, I'm not even sure what they were going for. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure something, just a little smoke and maybe some, like, light in the lens, maybe, and, like, blur the film or something could have been scarier than what they were trying to do with computer technology back in 84. Um, even though the story is by Stephen King, the script is not. No. No, no. Um, they, they hired this guy, George Goldsmith, to rewrite it. So that's why when you hear Stephen King in his little commercial saying, finally a Stephen King movie done right, when he's talking about Maximum Overdrive, oh. that's why he was bitter, still bitter over this yet too. So all his movies they had made, he had really no input in. They just bought the rights to the books, including this one. Well, we saw Timeline. We know that. Same with Michael Crichton. Um. He who walks in the corn. So yeah, you got. Da, da, da. Looks like you have yeah. another clip here. Nope, that's the next one. No, that's the next movie. Let's see. Let me just check my notes here. Mm-hmm. We need checking note music. Oh yeah, a lot of the violence actually is off screen too. That's the other oh. thing. Um, like the, because you don't. There aren't a whole ton of deaths. In fact, there's. Well, the kid, you know, in the beginning of the movie who's trying to run, um, you see him get hit by the car, but you don't actually even see him 
get killed by Malachi. You see like him coming at him and then it cuts to the blood dripping on the suitcase. Same thing with the mechanic. So yeah, a lot of the violence is actually off screen, which actually kind of adds a little bit, uh, a little bit to the terror. But if you ever, ever, um, have to murder someone, call, uh, call Bert, call Bert. Peter Horton. Cause he is, I call it, he's captain contamination. Just mangling this body, getting his prints all over it. I'm like the whole time. I'm like you, rookie. But, but yeah, it, it's a fun movie. It's not nearly as scary as I thought it was. Like, well, no, it was scary. I was terrified of this movie, and I didn't want to watch it for years. And then finally going back and rewatching, I'm like, okay, not that bad. Not that bad. Not that bad. So, uh, I'm asking your permission to move on. We can, you don't have to keep doing this now. Well, it's now it's a thing. Now it's a thing. <laughs> okay. So I have a, I have a transition though, actually. Oh. Linda smooth. Hamilton. Mm-hmm. You said she's running, but not from the T-1000 yet? Mm-hmm. Not yet. Well, T, after the T-1000 was done chasing uh, Linda Hamilton, Robert Patrick, who played him, went on to make this movie. So aliens have just been setting us up over the years with their E.T. and their Men in Black movies just so that nobody would believe it if it really happened. I think so. These students are starting to suspect their teachers are from another planet. Sit down! They're asking me. Guess what? Now we're going to have some fun. They're right. Aliens are taking over the school. But we can stop it. Faculty. This is weird. Rated R. In theaters everywhere, Friday, December 25th. This movie was another really cool movie that came out nine, two years after Scream that like everybody saw. Kind of I love this movie. Crossover. Now, I watched it last night. It's on Hulu streaming. Uh-huh. It doesn't really hold no. that well. At the time, I mean... this I, time was good. A lot of sex. Yeah. A lot of... I saw it in theater. Soundtrack was awesome. Yeah. There's some offspring, offspring in yeah, there. Yeah. So I, 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 own, I own the soundtrack, yeah. I don't CD. Not I don't know if there's not, not a lot of sexual sex in the movie. Just a lot of like uh, sexual implied, of yeah, him and hot girls. So I don't want to go into the whole story. I'll just talk about some cool scenes. The first scene where uh, uh, Casey finds the, which is Mr. Frodo's <laughs> character, finds the little uh, uh, alien piece in the football field and takes it to John Stewart, his teacher, mm-hmm. and they they put it in water and see that it becomes it like replicates and then bites John Stewart's finger. That's when they start thinking, like, oh, maybe there's an alien. And then they get right into it. Like, Robert Patrick's, like, the first infected, and he's infecting others. And then they actually witness him infecting Sama Hayek, the school nurse. Uh, Then Casey's trying to, like, tell people, like, this is fucked up. These are not, these are not uh, people who they say they are. And, um, He cuts the police involved, but, you know, they they pull the blinds over the eyes and they start mm-hmm. infecting more. They want to infect the kids, infecting the football. The fo- the jock gets involved. Then there's the Zeke, who's Josh Hartnick, who plays the kid who sells, like, drugs and other... Ooh, Josh Hartnick. Other a contraband, like, the, the naked celebrity VHS tapes and fake mm-hmm. IDs. And he's breaking into the school with this hillbilly that's new to the school, Mary Beth. Who we all know she's gonna be the big bad. You know, she kinda like looks away at the whole like water scene when they realize water is what keeps them alive. Mm-hmm. But Zeke's drug that he synthesizes and sells kills them. Then he makes everyone in the room take the drug. That's when you realize Delilah's infected. Get her out of there. Uh 
but Mary Beth fakes taking it and doesn't really take it. Then they go on to fight all the big bads. Uh, Casey, uh, Mary Beth reveals that she's the queen, the hot blonde, mm-hmm. and um, she attacks Casey, but he trip, he like pins her behind the, the bleachers and stabs her with the drug, and everyone goes back to Nor. Everyone's on, he's infected last minute, but as he kills the queen, he's no longer infected. Mm. Now he's a hero. Zeke, the drug kid, is now playing football, much to the hot teacher, Famke Jensen, is up in the stands watching him. Mm. Oh, uh, that's some weird implications right there. Yeah, they, they they implied there was a relationship. He tries to sell her Magnum condoms early in the movie, mm-hmm. and yeah. she like she's nerdy at that point. She walks away, but you know the, the aliens. Oh, now I do want to go back and rewatch this. Uh, yeah, like Casey's that? now dating Delilah. The football players now no longer on the football team. Everything's changed. Um, Ed, but Casey's now like the town hero because he saved them from this alien invasion. But yeah, it's. It's, there's some parts that drag, but yeah, Robert but, Rodriguez directed this. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's it's got some just the cool murder. Well, what deaths, murders, I guess, because I mean, there no one no one really dies because they're all just kind. Of, even yeah. even John Stewart's character, who you think is dead, he he just has an eye patch on and yeah. some of his fingers are cut off, but no one really truly dies. Yeah, he takes the pen to the eye, and then the uh, paper cutter. Yeah, with his the, fingers. The, the, yeah. Yeah. So he's just missing a few fingers and has an has an eye patch. But yeah, everyone's kind of survived and they're back to normal and uh Shooter McGavin's in it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Plays his dad. Casey's dad. Hey, did you hear that son? The football coach said you're fast. <laughs> so yeah, go go if you have Hulu, it's free. It's it's with not free, but it's with your Hulu mm-hmm. subscription, so you can stream it. Check it out, relive all that is. I picked a bunch of fucking Harvey Weinstein movies. Oh, wow. I didn't horror, think about it today. It, it, it was horror. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, all mine, again, movies that I was really scared of. Well, this one this one in particular, I, I wasn't scared of. By the time I had seen this, I was probably in high school because we were in the, like, you know, finding old B movies and go to the hamburger stand and get like 40 pounds of cheeseburgers and fries for like $3 and just gorge on that and just watching shitty movies. Well, we watched this gem. uh, The night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Remember, he only looks like Santa Claus. You've made it through Halloween. Now try and survive Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Uh, I uh, know of this. I never saw it. Though. Yeah, oh, this is, this movie's a piece of trash. <laughs> um, is it a Christmas movie? No, it's a, it's a horror movie. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's Christmas implications, right? It, it's implied, yeah. Well, it. Yeah, it pissed people off to no end. Um, the PTA got involved and tried to get this movie banned. And um, Why? Uh, the image of Santa Claus murdering people really upset uh, them. This was, yeah, this, this is, so um, back in, I guess this would be the 70s, uh, there's this um, little kid, Billy, and his parents uh, get carjacked after a guy dressed as Santa Claus robs a liquor store and kills the guy there. 
then um, pull like yeah hijacks their car, shoots Billy's dad, and then uh, it's implied that he might uh, sexually assault Billy's mom and then cut her throat. All why all why little Billy is uh, sitting there watching this. Uh, and then he gets sent to a Catholic orphanage with his little brother who is abused by this nun and tormented and develops PTSD. And then he turns 18 and they go, Hey, go get a job. And they kick him out of the orphanage and he gets a job working at a toy store and it's Christmas. It's Christmas Eve and they need, they have a guy playing Santa while he gets sick. So that Billy has to fill in and play Santa now. And he snaps because now Billy has become his parents' murderer. Um, Billy also has this thing for Pamela. And it just so happens that uh, she and this other guy start hooking up. And then it more or less turns into a a date rape scenario. And she turns him down. And this guy persists. So uh, Billy comes into Santa Claus and strangles this guy with a rope of Christmas lights. So you think, oh, he's a hero, even though he's kind of like in a Charles Bronson kind of way, like I saved the day, I brutally kill you. No, he has to then kill Pamela now. So he just throws and puts a knife through her throat. Uh, and then let's see. Then uh, when the store manager comes in, he's hammered, literally. <laughs> he's hammered and then gets hammered. Uh, and there's like blood splatter everywhere. Uh, and then uh, one other woman that works in the store, she sees this and starts running away. And there's a tense like chase scene going around the store. He has his axe. She gets away. She tries to get through the door and he shoots her in the back with an arrow. Oh. Um, this is now 40 minutes into the movie or so. It took that long to get to like the murders. Yikes. Yeah. It, it's a long drawn out movie. Like this whole movie could be maybe 20 minutes long. It could be a short film. What was the general consensus of this movie? Um, in the public. Oh, it was despised. I mean, there was a, a group in, uh, I think, Wisconsin that tried to get it pulled. I mean, aside from the groups that probably never saw it, just knew of it. What was like the people who saw the movie, the critics, what did they think of it? Oh, they absolutely despised it. And in fact, they went so far as to calling them out by name. In fact, one Gene Siskel had, uh, had this to say about the creators. In my mind, that the showing of Santa with an axe on free TV and commercials is sick and sleazy and mean-spirited. So let's repeat the names of the people who did it. <laughs> TriStar Pictures, co-owned by Columbia Pictures, CBS, and Home Box Office. Shame on you. So let me repeat the names of the writer and director and producers of this film. Michael Hickey wrote the film. Charles E. Sellier Jr. directed it. And Ira Richard Barmack produced it. You people have nothing to be proud of, even if you made a few bucks off of all the negative publicity. Your profits truly are blood money. Wow. Yeah. He was hated. Yeah, yeah. It was not appreciated uh, as a work of art. That uh, I don't think the creators even saw it as either. Um, what really got people riled up too was that they ran commercials for this like you would. Um, but they ran these commercials. Can pick two if you uh, were to run a commercial for the one we heard earlier, Silent Night, Deadly Night, the trailer for this which picture Santa Claus with a gun and an axe and all that. Um, pick two shows that you would think would be a bad idea to run this between. Uh, on the broadcast? Uh, well, yeah, broadcast network, 1986. Cosby? No. But little did we know he was a real-life monster. Yeah, yeah. that would have been um, actually suitable. 
Uh, TGIF. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Three's Company, Three's Company and Little House, House on the Prairie. Oh, yeah, bye. They ran these commercials between Three's Company and Little House on the Prairie. Um, now, it is well known there is one set of murders in particular, so you have to have your gratuitous nudity and sex scene. Did this make money? Um, it made, I think, two and a half million. Uh, against? One million. Oh, so not really. Yeah. But still, it beat out uh, Friday the 13th. Opening weekend. Hmm. I think it's because it had so much negative publicity. People just wanted to people check it out. Drove, and then it drove once people they saw there's no returning or yes, good word of was, mouth. Yes, it was word of mouth spread. It was a, it was a, it's a bad, poorly made movie. Um, so you have uh, your, your sex scene uh, and on a pool table. And then, yes, for no reason, it just so happens that Santa Claus shows up to this house or, you know, Billy as Santa Claus. Um, attacks the woman who, of course, is topless and just running around, picks her up and then holds her and, and throws her up and gores her over through the antlers of an uh, elk or a deer on the wall. A reindeer. A reindeer. Uh, well, no, because reindeer don't have pointy antlers. <laughs> they have those big frothy things. Yeah. Um, but I would have said it would probably be an elk to be able to support her and her weight. Deer are a little smaller. So, uh, and like the antlers like spear through her body. Now she's just hanging there all naked on a deer head. Uh, and then um, the guy is thrown through a window really unceremoniously. Uh, and then afterwards, then Santa, because there's a little girl in the house, and yes, she's been good. She says yes. And then he hands her uh, a bloody knife that he used earlier in the store. That also pissed people off. Oh, people yeah. like lost their shit over that. Mm-hmm. It was some weird kind of thing going on. Um then, uh, so now they're on, there's an APB out for Santa Claus. Uh, the cops are running around looking for this guy. They think he's going to, now they know it's this Billy guy. Uh, and they're heading for the orphanage, figuring he's going to go after this nun because they know that she's a bitch. And the cops show up and they see Santa Claus walking towards these kids. And as Santa's walking towards the kids, blam, 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 lights Santa up. And here it just happened to be the priest on his way, you know, to give the kids... Uh, eventually Billy does show up to the church, tries to kill the nun, and, uh, he is, uh, shot by his brother, uh, who is still in the orphanage, um, as he's about to try to kill the nun and then the brother, uh, yeah, saves the day by shooting his brother. And now you figure, and it goes to the end of the movie and the kid looks at like the nun, this is the brother, looking at the nun and kind of says, naughty. Now, no. is it implying, yeah, that's how the movie ends, implying then that he snaps and kills her, which there are sequels, and yes, it is the brother that becomes the murderer now, too. Oh, well, we got to rush out and see those. Yeah, um, it, it really is uh, a, um, an insurmountable, unclimbable, you, we, you would need Sherpas to climb this pile of garbage. <laughs> well... This next pick is uh, not a horror movie based on Christmas. It's a horror movie based around another holiday, one more suitable. The The one, one, the the only, the the classic classic Halloween. I think he'll come back. So I'm talking the original Halloween, not the uh, uh, Rob Zombie remakes. While I've 
met Mr. Zombie. He's a fantastically nice person. I've never really particularly cared for his brand of movies. It's just a little too too much for me. It makes turns me into kind of a squeeze or scaredy pants. Uh, I don't really have a lot to say. That's why I saved this for the end because, you know, we're always crunching time because, you know, everyone knows the story of Halloween and Michael Myers. I just always love this movie just because of the atmosphere it sets. Like, you know, the shots of of Michael and behind the laundry, uh, the, the sheets on the laundry line, like kind of staring off in the distance at Laurie and, uh, you know, the stalking and the leading up to it. it. It's all just really good. And, and Michael's character isn't like very over the top in this movie. He's not like a Freddy or a Jason. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'm killing you. And I don't, you know, I, there's, there's no need for a motive. There's a really cool scene where he's got him stabbed and he twists his head to like look at him. It's really creepy, but it's who Michael Myers is. And I like, I liked two and three. The season of the Witch is good for its own reason. Well, not good, but it's different. It's a totally different story. Then they went back to the Michael Myers story, and I actually saw H two O in the theaters twenty years later, and I, I liked it a lot. And I'm really excited for the Danny McBride, David Gordon Green remake that takes that picks up after they're they're, they're ditching all the movies aside from one and two. And this is picking up after two. Back in the original timeline, not the, not the Rob Zombie timeline. So that's there's there's another movie franchise where they kind of want to just stick with one and two and ditch all the sequels after that. We'll <laughs> yes. get to that. Well, we can get to it right now because I'm I'm the nice. I didn't want to go on forever. I mean, everyone's everyone's seen these last two these last two picks of ours. That's why I guess you said yours last. Yeah, because you don't have to tell the whole story. Because everyone's seen it. I love this damn movie. And it's still terrifying to me. Well, yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, I think what makes it work, too, is kind of like how Jaws worked, where you don't see the shark. I I think that's what worked against it. There's so much of a lot of these movies where, especially like Friday the 13th Part 4, I realized Jason's just walking around, and then they go for those jump scares. Alien, what worked best with it was like the use of like how it was hidden in the shadows. You didn't see it a lot. Um, and just, well, it, it, the movie's a work of art, okay? Even though, uh, yeah, at the time, uh, still, they didn't give it a whole lot of credit. Uh, Siskel Niebuhr, again, to defend Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, they panned this too. They're like, oh, it's just another horror movie, nothing special. All right. They also shit on Blade Runner. I watched a five-minute review of them doing Blade Runner, and I was starting to get angry. Um, the original. Yeah, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love my Ridley Scott. So... You what you think is like you think Dallas is the hero who's played by Tom Skerritt, and then he not too long into the action of the movie he gets killed off. I'm like, oh shit! Now what? You know, and th- at this point, uh, they already burst out of John Hurt's chest. Do I need to explain this scene? Nope. Um, it's been parodied. It's, it's we know it. with him in it. With it's been parodied. It. Yeah. Not again. <laughs> um, but the best part about that is, and what makes it work so well is. None of them, they knew this alien was going to burst out of his chest, right? 
but they didn't know all the pumps and squibs that were in there. So when it happens and all that blood blasting uh, uh, Veronica Courtright in the face, that's real. Like her reaction is holy sh- Like she had no idea this was coming. Mm. So like their reactions to the, they film this, multi camera. Um, I believe so. I, I honestly don't know that, but it was one take, so it must have been because there are a number of uh, there are a couple little cuts there. Um, and then yeah, just the the way they like do the deaths. Some of them are are off screen. Um, when, um, uh, Brett gets killed by the alien and like, you just hear him screaming and then they're like looking for him and they hear him screaming and then it's like si- the, the screaming and then the silence and then the darkness. And then they're looking up and you just see blood dripping down all over Yafit Koto. And it's just so creepy. And the same thing it's, with their deaths too. At the end, you think yeah, they're going to make it out. Very dark movie. Yeah. And it's Im- implied, um. Like, you don't actually see how they're killed, like the snap jaws and stuff like that. And, like, when the alien just comes out of the darkness and grabs Tom Skerritt, like, you're like, holy shit. I was- think um, Stranger Things, the first seasons, cribbed a lot of that from Alien, mm-hmm. the Demogorgon stuff. Yeah, you don't see a lot of it until yeah, the end. It's and really quick. Um, and even then, um, uh, Ripley was supposed to die initially um, per what, you know. Ridley Scott wanted, but then they, they worked it out. A lot of, even um, um, Veronica Cartwright's death was done in post. Uh, it was implied that she would just be hiding in a locker and die of like fright. <laughs> but then they used old footage that was actually part of Brett's death be, that they cut and then used it for her. So like when you see the thing come underneath her legs, those are actually Brett's legs from oh. earlier. And it's only if you watch certain cuts of it where they add his longer death in that you notice it's the same shot. Mm. But, I mean, and that and the alien itself, the art direction I, is what makes xenomorph. it to the xenomorph. Was that Anton just, first? Hmm? Anton first? Did he design? No, no. Uh, it was a European dude. Uh, I forgot his name. But, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's so much of the movie. It's just the atmosphere of it. And it, it is really terrifying. And it, it's not, it's not a, it's a sci-fi movie, but... Because of that, it's not like the, this highbrow science, even though everything – I think what I like about it is and versus like uh, Children of the Corn where it's like there was a demon and it's this magical, mystical thing. Even though Aliens is, is fiction and it's fantasy. H.R. Geiger, that's what it was. It, it's based off of um, – like there's science in their universe behind it. Same thing with like Stranger Things. You're saying it, within that universe, there is science that <laughs> and works. And then it gets really not working in Prometheus. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on all the, all the sequels quickly? Uh, two's like the greatest. Best of all of them. One is the best out of all of them, even though one is fantastic. They're two separate movies. Right. Two's an action film. One's a horror film. Uh, and then three and doesn't exist after that. And then I don't. It's one and two, as far as I'm concerned. Alien and Aliens. Yes. So, that's been a, a creepy horror. I mean, you could go take this list of ten movies, and, and from now into Halloween, get a get a couple of good scares. That's a, a pretty definitive list. Of course, the original Friday the 13th, the original Nightmare to Elm, Elm Street, even a couple, even I would watch Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, with the Silver Shamrock Mask Company. 
There's plenty of good horror movies out there. Yeah. These are the ones that, these definitely, they scared me as, as a kid. And yeah, all right, so they don't hold up. But it's still, I have those memories of just being terrified right. uh, to watch them. And Alien, I still, still, it still gets me, even though I've seen it like a hundred times. Well, don't forget uh, our contest. We're, put, we're drawing a winner on Halloween, the 31st of 2017, October. All you have to do is go and like and re-rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on any any platform, and let us know on a comment or a tweet or an email message, and you're entered to win. I just added the two the two things from New York Comic Con: the exclusive Loot Crate Stay Puffed and the exclusive Loot Crate Stranger Things L and Demigorgon color variant. So you get those plus. Plus the Chewbacca flocked poured Funko Pop. Plus the <laughs> Mr. Poopy Butthole Rick and Morty figure. Plus the Barbasol Jurassic Park pin. Plus those other retro figures, comics, and trading cards. There's a lot to this package, so you're going to want to enter before Halloween. Uh, and uh, send us your questions. Yeah, send us your Halloween questions on uh, Instagram or Twitter or email or whatever. Carrier pigeon, for all I care. Squeezer knows how to intercept those. But uh, that's all for this latest Halloween episode of the Rad Years Podcast. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Uh, have a scary night.